The Capital Ideas Podcast now has a new monthly edition hosted by Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin. Investment professionals reveal their best mentors, how they find their next great idea, and a few funny stories. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. American Funds Distributors, Inc. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. You know, it can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. Invisible struggles like stress and burnout, caregiving for a loved one, or being misunderstood. But insight, awareness, and empathy will help us better see the issues they're dealing with. And that can make us and our companies healthier, too. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts. Good morning. It's Thursday, the 6th of July in London. This is the Bloomberg Daybreak Europe podcast. I'm Caroline Hepke. And I'm Stephen Carroll. Coming up today, Fed policymakers weren't as unified as they first appeared when they opted to pause rate hikes last month. The US Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen visits Beijing today, but will her trip actually change anything between the world's two biggest economies? And get ready for a hard landing. JP Morgan warns that 7% rates could be on the way in the UK amid figures showing over a third of homes dropped in value in the last six months. Let's start with a roundup of our top stories. Federal Reserve officials struck a tenuous agreement to pause rate hikes last month. The minutes from the central bank's June meeting show that while almost all officials deemed it appropriate or acceptable to keep rates unchanged, some would have supported a quarter-point increase instead. For his, for his part, the Federal Reserve Bank of New York President John Williams says the data supports more hikes in the future. We can take some, uh, take some time. Uh, and uh, assess and uh, collect more information and then be able to act knowing that we also or you know have communicated through our projections that we we don't think we're done Mm -hmm. uh, based on what we know those comments from fed policymaker john williams echoed the latest fomc minutes in which the majority of rate setters backed further tightening the account also shows some officials think robust gains in payrolls may be overstating the strength of the u.s labor market Now, U.S. Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen is heading to China today. It's hoped that she can find areas of common economic ground amid an increasingly turbulent relationship between the world's two biggest economies. Bloomberg's Stephen Engel reports from Beijing. U.S. Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen comes to Beijing with a giant suitcase of issues to discuss with her new Chinese counterparts. Uh, The expectations for any meaningful progress will probably be set fairly low, but dialogue itself should be viewed as constructive. Now, export controls by the U.S. on advanced technologies to China and, of course, Beijing's own export restrictions on key metals They are hot topics right now as America and its allies de-risk their exposure to, and some might say, over-reliance on China. Stephen Engel, Bloomberg News, Beijing. The UK's financial services regulator says asset managers are putting investors at risk by not adequately monitoring the liquidity of their funds. Following a survey, the FCA says many mutual fund houses did not use their asset management tools and failed to understand the risks of less liquid assets in their portfolios. The UK has seen issues with liquidity, for example, in 2019 when Neil Woodford's equity fund was gated following large-scale redemptions. 
The FCA points out that some firms' models assume they would always sell their most liquid assets first and also that managers typically had arrangements in place only to meet large one-off redemptions. Meanwhile, major banks are being summoned to a meeting with the Financial Conduct Authority today to discuss how they are passing on interest rate increases to savers. HSBC, NatWest, Lloyds and Barclays are accused of increasing mortgage rates quickly along with the Bank of England's hikes, but acting more slowly when it comes to savings accounts. Landlord David France says his borrowing costs have soared, but the banks haven't been helpful with his savings. I think they're not playing a fair game and they're putting the rates up really quickly when the Bank of England announced the rate hikes, but they're not passing the same rate increase on quickly enough to savers and people that have got cash in the bank. Meanwhile, City Minister Andrew Griffith has written to the FCA urging the regulator to step up its review into how banks treat customers who are also politicians. That comes after the former Brexit party leader Nigel Farage said that private bank Coots closed his account due to his political views. More than 11 million homes in the UK have dropped in value since the end of last year as higher mortgage costs hit the property market. Estimates from the property portal Zoopla show 38% of houses lost at least 1% of their value between November and May. That's an average drop of £7,700. It comes after JP Morgan said there's a risk the Bank of England will have to push interest rates as high as 7%. Economist Alan Monk's writing in a note to clients that a hard landing for the UK economy looks increasingly likely. Meta's Instagram officially unveils Threads, an app designed as a direct rival to Twitter. Bloomberg's Ed Baxter reports now. This launch is a most serious threat yet to Elon Musk's struggling Twitter on Threads. Users are posting text and links as well as replying or reposting messages from others. Sound familiar? Well, Bloomberg's Sarah Fryer says it feels a lot like Twitter and it is getting activity, also allowing existing follower lists and account names to be ported over from Instagram. Sarah says users were looking for an alternative to what's out there without starting over and seem so far to be pleased. In San Francisco, I'm Ed Baxter, Bloomberg Daybreak Europe. Those are our top stories on the programme this morning. I admit I've already opened my threads this morning. Well, I had to have a look to see what yes. it was like. Lots of lots of familiar colleagues popping up, but uh, a notable silence from those in the EU because uh, due to data sharing concerns, Meta has paused the rollout of threads in the uh, in the EU for now. So a notable absence from this part of the ecosystem. Yeah, absolutely. I think the numbers of how many people sign up um, in even in the first few hours. Yeah, five, very five million, Mark Zuckerberg said. So fairly, fairly in- interesting to see that interest building uh, in the hours after its launch. Yeah, absolutely. And then um, Mark Zuckerberg also posting his first tweet in 11 Years now, okay, you have to be kind of into internet culture <laughs> yes. to get this. But he posted a picture of two Spidermans pointing at each other, which is uh, mm. a kind of a, a, a well-known internet meme. Yes, uh, but That's it a is joke. it is um, yeah, obviously a point to the fact that they're um, very much challenging each yeah, other. Rivals for the same space for all of our eyeballs. Okay, lovely stuff. Um, in terms of the detail, though, now on the Fed's minutes. Our usual stomping ground, Stephen. Uh, June meeting, of course. They showed some divisions when it comes to the FOMC over the decision to pause interest rates, of course. Is it a pause? We shall see. Uh, joining us now to discuss this is our Bloomberg opinion columnist, Daniel Moss. Daniel, good morning. Thanks so much for your time. Joan Powell has said that the decision to pause in June was unanimous. What stood out for you in the minutes? 
what stood out for me is the art of compromise. So most people agreed rates need to go higher. The disagreement appears to be the pace at which they increase. So the way you keep everyone on board is pause, except we're not allowed to call it a pause. We're not even allowed to call it a skip. It's a decision. Anyway, maintain the benchmark rate at the level it was at from the prior meeting and sound hawkish. Kick the idea of rate cuts well into the long grass, and that's how you do it. There's an enormous amount of internal politicking within the Federal Reserve System. These statements are distributed in advance. They don't just get into the room and hash it all out on the day. It's also true that a number of Fed officials in advance of meetings typically talk tough and you think, ooh, there's dissent coming. Get into the room, ah, well, we'll support the chairman in this instance. There's a lot of that. I saw a lot of that in 10 years in D.C., believe me. Yeah, the expression in the minutes is almost all policymakers agrees that more tightening would be needed this year. The New York Fed's John Williams says the data supports this. Should we expect a more divided FOMC in future meetings then? It depends what you mean by divided. Uh, do I anticipate seeing, say, four published dissents in the FOMC statement? No, I do not. Do we expect a bit more shading around the edges Yes, for sure. Uh, in the constellation of Fed people to listen to, we've talked about this a bit on this show, Williams is right up there. I would be interested to know where they said almost all supported. Well, well who didn't? Who were these people? Do yeah. we know? Absolutely. Um, so that when it comes to the FOMC minutes, and of course, we've got uh, data coming today and tomorrow for jobs. So again, looking sort of to the next Fed meeting, that could be very important. But there's another issue that we have to factor in, layer in, Daniel, which is US-China relations uh, in focus because the, the Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen is arriving in Beijing. What should we expect from this trip? I wouldn't expect an enormous amount in terms of deliverables, concrete things you can say. Prior to the visit, the situation was X, and now we know it's X plus one or Y or Z. I wouldn't expect that. I also wouldn't expect a lot of movement on things like export controls. That's Gina Raimondo's territory. That's the Department of Commerce rather than Treasury. Keep the communications going. There is a new team in Beijing. These folks don't know each other to the degree that past administrations did. So, you know, it's a cliche, but it's true. George Orr is always better than war, war. Interesting st stuff indeed. Um, could we see this perhaps visit countering the, the steps we've seen in recent days with the apparent worsening of, of China relations, particularly on trade issues? You know, you're going to see some posturing uh, whenever there's a high-profile visit, there's a certain amount of domestic posturing that takes place. So, yeah, they need to talk tough. They're not going to give away the store, but if the language behind the scenes is a bit more conciliatory, then all the more reason to sound tough when you're public-facing. There are different constituencies in different countries that are powerful and want different things. You know, it's not necessarily the rhetoric in the moment or in the lead up to that you have to focus on. Let's look for some substantive, uh, not necessarily blaring headline like material uh, in the weeks and months that follow. 
Yeah, absolutely. Let's see. And of course, um, Janet Yellen, who talked in April about, you know, wanting national security for the US without actually holding China back economically. Uh, you know, can can that sort of message and idea be delivered? Daniel, thank you so much for being with us this morning. Bloomberg opinion columnist Daniel Moss. Up next, Britain warned of the big threat from US green subsidies and the end of glass skyscrapers. The Capital Ideas Podcast now has a new monthly edition hosted by Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin. Investment professionals reveal their best mentors, how they find their next great idea, and a few funny stories. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. American Funds Distributors, Inc. Success is more than a destination. It's a path you take one step at a time. It's dedication. It's fortitude. And it's the work, passion, and grit inside of us that comes before all recognition. That's what Stiefel has been doing for over 130 years. And it's why Stiefel is one of the fastest growing wealth management firms in the country. And Stiefel goes beyond traditional wealth management to offer you a full suite of banking services, direct access to one of the industry's largest equity research franchises, and a leading middle market investment bank. Quietly, yet strategically, Stiefel has built a company and culture unlike any firm on Wall Street. Because success is the drive it takes to keep pushing. It's the passion to keep investing. It's the best of each of us made better by the best in all of us. And that is where success meets success. Find a financial advisor at Stiefel.com. That's S-T-I-F-E-L.com. Stiefel, Nicholas & Company, Incorporated. Member SIPC and NYSE. It can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts. Now, the paper review on Bloomberg Daybreak Europe. The news you need to know from today's papers. Bloomberg's Leanne Gares joins us for more this morning. The Financial Times has the headline, Britain warned of big threat it faces from US green subsidies. More on this ongoing issue. Good morning. Yes, indeed, Caroline. And this warning actually comes from a key advisor to the Chancellor, Jeremy Hunt. Now, he is saying the UK must overhaul the way it tries to secure inward investment. Richard Harrington has been speaking to the FT and he basically said to them, Joe Biden's around $370 billion subsidy regime for green industries, which we talk about a lot here, called the Inflation Reduction Act, highlights how rules around global capitalism are really changing and something that Britain needs to step up to. He says Britain is also facing really stiff competition from not just the US, but also from France, Ireland and Singapore and must really increase state support for state industries such as life sciences and green technology. Now, Harrington has been leading this review for Hunt on how to boost foreign direct investment in the UK, which has actually been falling in value every year from 2016 to 2021. This is something that Jeremy Hunt is expected to talk about in his autumn statement, how to boost the green subsidies here in the UK. And the review was actually partly sparked by AstraZeneca's decision in February to build a factory in Ireland, 
rather than in Britain. And the pharmaceutical company basically said it was because of the UK's discouraging tax rate. But Richard Harrington also refused to blame Brexit and once again looked at the tax rate here in the UK. So this is a very interesting story about how the UK can become more competitive. Mm, Okay, Lord Harrington, yeah, very interesting. Uh, Okay, Leanne, uh, let's go next to... um, The Times. The Times, and Rishi Sunak, uh, quote, fiddling while science burns over rejoining EU's Horizon research programme. Yes, indeed. So can the European Union stop the science brain drain? Now, this is the big question that surrounds the story we're seeing in the Times today. Rishi Sunak has been told to stop fiddling with the UK as science burns by one of the country's top scientists, Sir Paul Nurse. So he's come out and spoken to the Times. Now, this comes as the UK has been offered a draft deal to rejoin the EU's £81 billion science research programme, which has been called Horizon. It's understood that British and EU negotiations negotiators have really mm. been preparing this proposal that would allow the UK to rejoin the scheme. And many scientists say this is necessary. They're calling out for this to happen. And we're seeing this in the piece in the Times. Yeah. But according to a Whitehall source in the newspaper, they're saying Sunak's prepared to walk away from the deal if it does not offer the value for I mean, money. Surely that one has to take that with a massive grain of salt. UK researchers have been excluded from a horizon since 2020. Any scientist that you speak to in the UK is extremely keen yeah. to be back into this uh, massive funding programme, collaborative funding programme, actually that the UK was hugely successful at. Um, and, and there has been this standoff, as you say, about how much money the UK, not necessarily necessarily how much money the UK puts in, but actually how much it then extracts in terms of grants and funding out of the project. And the government sort of wants a lot of caveats um, to make sure that the UK gets out at least what it puts in or a little bit more than what it puts in in terms of funding. So that seems to be the sticking point. And yet it's it seems pretty obvious, I would say, from what I read of the research community that, yeah, that, that the UK needs to be in. Well, Paul Nurse, the director of Francis Crick Institute in London, Caroline, couldn't agree with you more. Mm. He writes that membership of Horizon is vital to keep the UK at the forefront of world science. So basically scientists howling out for this. And we're going to have to see where these negotiations end up. As Caroline says, sticking point is really on finance at the moment. This is Bloomberg Daybreak Europe, your morning brief on the stories making news from London to Wall Street and beyond. Look for us on your podcast feed every morning on Apple, Spotify and anywhere else you get your podcasts. You can also listen live each morning on London DAB Radio, the Bloomberg Business app and Bloomberg.com. Our flagship New York station is also available on your Amazon Alexa devices. Just say, Alexa, play Bloomberg 1130. I'm Caroline Hepke. And I'm Stephen Carroll. Join us again tomorrow morning for all the news you need to start your day, right here on Bloomberg Daybreak Europe. Hi, everyone. I'm Paul Anka. And I'm Skip Bronson. And what happens when two old friends take their decades of experience in the business and entertainment worlds and sit down with our buddies? 
You get Our Way, a brand new show from My Heart Podcast, where we chop it up with our pals about everything under the sun. This is our podcast, and we're going to do it our way. Listen to Our Way on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.